Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, lax rats alike, welcome back to another episode of The Crease Dive. Today is Friday, June 11th, PLL Week 2 getting underway later tonight in Hotlanta. Jake, that's what the locals call it. So I'm Jordy from Barstool. With me, as always, we've got Shido and Dukes on the mic. Jake, PLL coming into your backyard later tonight at 7 p.m. with the chaos and the water dogs uh, getting their week two started. So how are you feeling? First of all, I have to – I know you do this every year, but literally nobody calls it Hotlanta. And it just – I have to get that out of the way. Please don't call it Hotlanta. Uh, you can if you want. Just I suppose it'll just make me mad or whatever, but that's fine. Uh, <laughs> but I'm feeling good. Uh, it's going to be nice to see the boys this weekend. What, what happens every weekend, and I think they must do this on purpose, is every time the PLL is down here, it always cross, it's always cross-referenced with the NXT Summer Jam, which is a – uh, club team select team tournament down here so i'm gonna miss a few of the games because i'm gonna be on the field yelling at my eighth graders um but i i will be around and i i, I did get a media pass so your boy is very special um gotta get, get a covid test real quick though uh, i think like friday or tomorrow or i guess i could do it today um but you know feeling good you know i'm gonna, I'm gonna get my dukes on on the field i think Weather pending, supposed to rain, so hmm, nobody likes that. Might not see, might not see me out there if it's raining. Yeah, um, I'm excited for this weekend. My birthday Saturday, so I'm telling all the listeners right now, take it easy if I have a shitty take, and wish me happy birthday on Saturday. But I'm really excited for uh, Cannons, Whip Snakes, and just looking at some of the games on the schedule should be a good one. Uh, the boys are going to Hotlanta. And Jake, be careful about that media pass. You, you feel like you've got like five infinity stones. You feel so powerful when you step on that field. RJ right next to you, the entire PLL team running around you. The power can get to your head. Uh, duly noted. I'll, I'll try not to uh, get in RJ's way when he's, you know, cooking <laughs> or get in, get in Nick's way while he's, while he's taking pictures or, or what have you. I'll, I'll do my best, but you're right. It is a, it is a very, very strong, strong feeling. I, I do recall when Jordy and I were at the PLL championship the first year we just we were so strong just hanging out with Tillman on the sidelines you know his iPad tucked away and whatnot <laughs> yeah um I'm what I'm curious about the most is I, I'd imagine you probably already have your outfit picked out um I, I just want to know <clears throat> the inseams that we're working with I mean, so, you know, shortest shortest shorts I got we'll, we'll go I mean I could wear the running shorts you know, the three inch inseams, but I think, I think we'll go like a nice tight five inch inseam just to let the, everybody know what's up. Okay. Uh, Cause I was thinking if you were going something just like super egregious, like the three inches, I'd, I'd say if anyone out there is throwing a few wagers on the game, you might want to hit that under just because there's going to be so much thighs being blasted out there by Jake on the sidelines that all the boys are going to be distracted and can't imagine that many shots will be dropping. So, um, you know, just, so, just a little uh, in, in, inside baseball there for all you boys and girls. So if, if you're looking to make a little bit of coin, just remember that Jake's quads and, and, and those, those thick yams is will be out and about at Kennesaw stadium or whatever the hell you said it's called in Hotlanta. Um, but yeah, so it, it gets going tonight, 7 PM uh, chaos will be taken on the water dogs. Um, 
Now, listen, before we get into these games, and, and I'm sorry that we have to keep, uh, you know, getting into some subjects that are, are really, you know, they're, they're tough to talk about on this podcast. And, and I don't want to bring all of our listeners down. It's a beautiful Friday, probably. I don't know. We're recording this on Wednesday. So who knows? Maybe Friday while you're listening to it, the weather sucks right now. But either way, it's, it's a beautiful Friday. You're having a good time. And I hate to remind you that this will be the first weekend in the history of the premier lacrosse league that we will be without Nick Asello as as a player um he's he's still alive guys so he we, we didn't we didn't lose him for good um he's not dead not that i'm aware of um but so nick Asello announcing his retirement earlier this week uh on twitter.com the place where he lives uh and and just you know i i know we we've had our fun with the cello over the years i i know that um you know everyone enjoys having a nice little clown sesh with him on on social media um but what what a run for the guy, you know. It probably, um, you know, I, we we had uh, we had Jake Fop on earlier in the college lacrosse season, um, who had mentioned, you know, he's he's not the best lacrosse player of all time, and and I think that that's probably the same for Acello. I, I don't know if he would necessarily consider himself to be a um, a very uh, overly talented lacrosse player, but as as far as a guy who um, gets out there and does whatever he can for his team. He's right up there at the top. So um, just just wanted to give a quick shout out to Nick Asello and wish him all the best in uh, retirement. Even though I'm sure that we'll see him even more now than ever. Asello is, uh, yeah, having having the joy of actually, you know, I, I caught a burger with him when he was in Atlanta. Um, he watched me eat two burgers in the time it took him to take like eat like three bites. He was very mystified. Just a kind of a salt of the earth type guy. Uh, awesome for the game. Um, you know, it's it just he, he'll never tell you himself that he's a brilliant lacrosse player um, or a good I athlete. Even, I don't even think that he cradles out there. I don't even he's, think he's that he the, does. He's yeah, the he, only guy who played pro lacrosse who just runs around the field with a stick still. Just, just no cradles. L- literally all all day and uh but but he's great for the game and what he in the post game you know what he and evan malloy are doing is awesome for the game um good guys so you know be sure to always give them a follow and 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 check them out um otherwise we hate them and uh we're you know in strict competition right no we aren't not a bit it's it's all the same so Love those guys. Love good. Have, hopefully, have, he'll have a good career doing whatever the fuck he wants to do. You know, becoming a millionaire podcaster, which is like everyone's goal, right? You know, because like everyone who has a podcast makes a million dollars. That's that's pretty per, per episode. Know. Yeah, per episode. So you know, that's what we're pulling in. Uh, <laughs> Dukes is laughing because he's like, "What the fuck." I mean, what I didn't I see a dollar for? of this. Yeah, I didn't get it. Yeah. I don't get it. I didn't so, see. I, don't, I haven't seen a single dollar of this. I'm laughing. It's all. It's all in Dogecoin. Like you're. Like your hat says. I know, I've got this bad boy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Alcello, he was a staple on those early Notre Dame teams with Kavanaugh and whatnot. Um, you know, like you said, probably not the best lacrosse player, but one of the most fun to ever watch. Uh, hilarious on Twitter. I've never met him in person, but I've always enjoyed his tweets and whatnot, his little banter back and forth with Balcom. And, uh, you know, not many people could say they played college football and college across and made the sports center top 10 in lacrosse. He's got to be the only one in history. So Steph Curry, Charlotte North, Nick Ocello forever changing the game. 
Yeah. I mean, we, we, we talked a bunch about Gary Gate in uh, the episode earlier this week about how he was, you know, some, some may say the greatest of all time, and, and he was able to do um, so many things in this game that, that no one else has ever done. But, Dukes, that's a great point. Like, Gary Gate never played college football, um, and, and I don't know if, if he ever will. So you have to, un, under those parameters, like you have to say that Nick Asello is better than Gary Gate. Um, so in that sense, the game is, is losing a legend, um, at least on the field, but I'm, I'm sure that he'll still be plenty involved off the field. Um, so that's enough sappy bullshit. Let's get into these games. Uh, so Friday night, chaos and water dogs. Um, obviously, we, we know uh, the chaos will be without Austin Stotts uh, in this one. Um, trying to look around. I, I don't think that there are any other notable um, change. Uh, well, well, yeah, but I was talking mostly about the cat. Now, Sowers, Sorry. yeah, lo- losing Sowers, uh, the, the, the Water Dogs losing Sowers. Uh, he's injured list right now with that. I, I don't know if they actually came out and said that he was concussed, but I'd imagine he's concussed if he's on the uh, injury report. So, you know, a, a couple – couple talented offensive players in this one that will be missing um, chaos. They, they need a, a nice, I mean, both these teams need a bounce back, but I think, um, you know, heading into the season, I, I think that the chaos probably thought that they were a little further along than they actually were with that, um, you know, that, that minus six goal differential so far. So both these teams lost by six in their opening weekend last week. So um, big bounce back for either of them. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, this, this is a game where, uh, you know, I, I think the Canadians on this chaos offense probably have a little bit of a leg up um, because they, they probably know Dylan Ward in and out on the same end of that spectrum. Dylan Ward probably knows all these shooters in and out. So I never really know. Where do you guys give that advantage to? If, if you've got a goalie and shooters, that know each other like super well, who do you think that benefits more? Cause I'm, I'm always like on the fence. I always give it to the offensive guy just cause I'm offensive minded. Um, but, but where do you guys put that? It, to me, it's about streaks, right? So, you know, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Dukes as, as the goalie of the bunch, um, you know, it, maybe the boys come out, and you know the uh, Dylan Ward has their number for you know the first four or five minutes and makes a couple heads up saves, and then you know it, he dictates the pace for the rest of the game. And then on the other hand, if the boys come out and just absolutely shred Ward, you know, low to high a couple times, maybe a couple inside inside feeds to some dunks, you know, maybe that gets him off his game. Uh, again, you know, I love to play both sides here, uh, so I'm not I'm not gonna give an, an exact edge to one or the other, but I think, you know, it's kind of decided within, you know, the first few minutes of the game, probably um, who's going to have the advantage. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I, I really think, I strongly believe that the advantage goes to the goalie. Just if I could play against my high school teammates, my like college teammates, every single game. I would Wait, what, what, high school, what high school is that? Yeah. Which one is that? We don't need to talk. Um, it's a small little school in Long Island. You guys never heard of it. But if I could play, because okay, cool. once you once you know everybody's release points, where they like to shoot, do they like bouncers, do they like to go high? Um, I think it's, I think Ward will definitely have a career day, especially when you play. You know, we talked about it last game: thirty-one percent, thirty-two percent. 
He didn't have his best game. So he's going to be fired up, and he's got something to prove in this one. So when you're going against your best friends, you're going to want to have a, a career day. So I'll, I'll give the advantage to Ward in this one. Well, you know who's really going to have, you know, what, 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 you know what's really going to happen is, you know, it's who, who's going to win? The fans, all right, because they're going to be rooting for friendship. All right, because it's just a bunch of guys out there having fun with their friends. Am I wrong? Am just I wrong, some, Jordy? Just some good old wholesome, although – I don't know. Canadian friendships a little bit weird. It's on the metric system. So you don't really know how to quantify their <laughs> friendships. That's true. Um, it's all like kilometers and shit. Yeah. So, uh, but I don't know. I, I'm excited though to see, like, I just, I expected so much more out of that chaos offense last week against uh, the whip stakes. Like we, we knew that the defense might've had their hands full having to go against Zeddy ball game and Rambo and, um, you know, all the weapons that the, that the whip snakes had. So we knew that, that it wasn't going to be like a, you know, a game for the chaos defense or, or blaze that was going to be one like that they're going to load up their highlight reels with. Um, I was hoping that the offense would be a little bit more in sync. Um, but, you know, maybe if, if they're not having to play from behind after being down seven, one in the first quarter, like maybe they'll have a little bit more time to kind of get into that rhythm, get into that, you know, the flow of their offense, because, I, I think that um, I feel like I can speak on behalf of pretty much everybody who's ever watched a single minute of lacrosse before, like would love to see Mac O'Keefe get out there and just sling that rock. Um, you know, we get, we got goals out of Westberg, Dane Smith, Josh Byrne and, and Kluche last week. Um, but really, really would love to see Mac O'Keefe have himself a nice little game. Um, now, you know, he's, he's might have to change up the, uh, you know, maybe the release every once in a while, Dylan Ward, quite a, a tall gentleman in cage. So I, I don't know if that typical low to high release that we uh, love to see out of Mac O'Keefe will necessarily be the best option that he has. Um, but yeah. And then water dogs, um, you know, that, that game, they, they made a valiant effort uh, on, on the comeback uh, against um against the cannons on Sunday. And, you know, obviously the cannons had a bit of an advantage in that game because, you know, they had already played a game earlier on the weekend. So maybe they were a little bit more in sync. Um, but, you know, without sours, like that's, you know, that, that, that's a, that's a big name for this team to, to be without, um, you know, he, he had himself, he probably could have had like three, four or five goals depending on how many of them ended up getting waved off because he like accidentally like dipped his toenail in the crease. Um, but you know, he, he was doing a lot for that offense, um, you know, trying to get that ball. Uh, I, I mentioned this earlier though, or I mentioned like on Twitter during the game, um, you know, Sowers, he's just so used to getting his defender hung up at X. He, he did it his entire career at Princeton and Duke, um, you know, where, you know, he's just able to get back there and then, you know, the defenders hung up at X and then he's able to just sit back there and wait for guys to cut. And I think, you know, when it comes to the PLL, it's like one, you know, the, the defenders are all going to be so much better at talking off ball. Um, and the shot clock is just so much shorter that you don't really have time to just like dance around back there. So like, I don't want to say that this water dogs offense could look better without Sowers. Cause like, that's not the case at all. He's, he's one of the best players on the planet. Um, but I think that they might like 
the six on six might be able to find a little bit more of a rhythm this week than last week. And that's not just because Sowers is out of the lineup, but it, it's just one, you know, they, they've all played a, a game together already. Um, and two, you know, maybe some of these guys who have a little bit more pro experience will be able to just kind of be the field generals out there. If that makes sense. I don't, I don't want that take to get misconstrued as me saying that the water dogs are better without Sowers, but I just think like in the early goings, like maybe they'll find a little bit more rhythm. I I mean, I don't, I I don't disagree with that take at all. Um, I, I think that, I think given how cool their jerseys are, they should probably play better. Right. You know, the water dogs. I just play. Are how many of these do they all have um uh uh, uh sponsor patches on their jerseys or is it just like cuz oh, the water dogs the water dogs don't they have that sun clora they they have sun the chlorella at, yeah, yeah I think have, that's on it's on some of the I don't know if it's on every single one of them but like all of the all the all the back of them say ticketmaster and whatnot. Okay because I think I'm, that's everybody I'm, because for some reason the the sun chlorella ad on the water dogs jersey is the one that like stands out the most to me i mean it pops it does and i don't know how i feel about that yeah red and purple a little weird yeah who do you think is going to take over for sours i'm just looking uh, i was trying to figure that out i mean i i guess like will we see kraus or do you just go back to cuccinello at x like last year Probably Cuccinello. I mean, what, what you have to okay. So in, in like any of these any of these teams, you have to think that if they lose somebody, the veteran steps steps into place. And I Fair. think that that I mean, the veteran is going to step up at all points in time, right? You know, that's probably why we didn't see Ryan Tierney. You know, mm-hmm. um, so I mean, hopefully they can integrate. You know. The, kind of moving forward into the second game which i'm very very excited about uh which i, I hope maybe i'll tape it or something i don't know i'm sure i'll see highlights but I, i'll be on the field for it or on the field like with my with my team or whatever um it cannons equipment it went cannons of whip snakes because i think that the cannons are probably the best competition that the whip snakes have uh simply after the first two seeing them in the first two games um I'd love to see Ryan Tierney integrated a little bit more simply because just whenever he touches the ball, it's like, it's, it's unreal. Um, but I mean, if the whip snakes defense can hold the cannons offense, then I mean, you, it's who's going to guard Lyle, right? That's your question. And every, pretty much every game is what are you going to do about Lyle? Um, I don't, yeah, it, it's, and it's one of those questions where there's really no answer at all. At least not a good one. Um, at least not a good one. Um, I don't. It, it's just I like. I think first quarter lot. Like I, I don't know. I haven't been able to look at um, at what bets are actually available for this um, for the PLL so far this this summer. Um, I don't know if there are any specific player props, but like if there are, like in the back of my mind, like I'm thinking like first quarter Lyle. Like I would take his like if if there was a player prop for his first quarter points, I would unload on that as he plays all of these teams for the first time. And like so many guys who, um, you know, if if they were if they've been in the PLL 
these past couple years and they haven't, and they haven't been playing um, pro box and like, they're seeing Lyle for like the first time in a couple years, like having just like no idea really what to do against them. Um, you know, and even if you have played against them in the past couple of years, like if, if you've been these, some of these guys who have been playing MLL and have been getting used to Lyle, like even they don't really know what to do, but um, yeah, I, I think like first, first quarter Lyle is, is a dangerous, dangerous Lyle. Um, and, and maybe, you know, I, I don't know, man, like I, I don't, I don't root against the whip snakes, but like, I would love to see like someone kind of knock them off a little bit. Um, and I, and I think that, like you said, can- cannons are right there with them. I that your whole first quarter rant about Lyle had me thinking if there was a first goal prop player to score the first goal, I think that I would take Lyle every single game. Yeah, I mean, you just throw the ball to him off the open okay. face off, and it's disagree. Do you think that or, I just think, do you think I just think that because he did it in the first game? Yeah, I, th- I think that that's recency bias. I think that you have a high. I think that the the best chance of their first the first goal prop is always the face off guy. You could slap fifty dollars on that prop bet every time and probably come out with a good amount of money by the t- by the end of the year. Just because if you think about how short the field is, how uh, quickly the ball gets out on the face off or can get out, and then the, you think about the guys like Nardella. Um, you got Bones, uh, Baptiste, uh, TD. That's mm-hmm. four guys on eight teams, so that's fifty percent of them can score. Like, and I mean, I mean Jake Withers. You know, they, all of those guys can can score. So I'd say your prop bet's higher on uh, on a face-off guy, but that's that's just me. No, you're right. Because if I was thinking more just for the cannons, but if I if I had to take a whip snakes guy, I'd definitely take Nardella. Oh yeah, was almost certain. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Joey Nard. Like, if if there's one thing that Joe Nardella loves more than his NFTs, it's shooting the rock. Um. By, by the way, Joe Nardella NFT. So, um, get on that while you guys can. Um. But yeah, I don't know. Whip, Whip snakes will be their usual selves. Like, I, I don't really like. They're just they're just a machine at this point. Um. Singles, singles, singles. Um. You know, just. They work that ball around. They just beat you into submission. They're so goddamn good all over the field. Um, but I don't know. I, I think I think my heart is saying cannons in this one. So um, you know, could could see a nice little upset to start off the day uh, on Saturday at 12 p.m. And that'll be the first uh, NBC game of of the season. So um, that's that's good news for anyone who will be out and about maybe on their, on their Saturday afternoon, you know, maybe you're at a bar or um, what have you. And, you know, it, it's kind of tough to, you know, if you're at the bar being like, uh, Hey man, like, can you um, kind of Chromecast this game off of my phone? I'm streaming it on Peacock and would love to get it on the big screen. Uh, no, you can just tell your bar to throw on NBC. Every single television in North America has the has the channel. So uh NBC 12 p.m. Eastern, Whip Snakes versus Cannons. Uh, and then after that, another nationally televised game, uh Redwoods and Atlas. So Redwoods obviously playing um got got a lot of extra emotional boost in this one. Um coming coming off of that Acello retirement announcement. So uh Redwoods and Atlas, Atlas coming off of a a, a big old dick kicking 
from the Archers last weekend. And Redwoods are the only 2-0 and team so far this season. So uh, do you guys see the Redwoods heading into week three still undefeated? I mean, I'd have to say, yeah. Uh, I think that I think that the Redwoods have the 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 Redwoods have presented them with their pickup of Ryan Lee. They now and Joe Joe Keeks is, was big on this. Um, with, with their pickup of Ryan Lee, they now have Miles Jones and Jules Hindenburg playing midfield, meaning that if you have a pole, that pole now has to choose between guarding Miles Jones or Jules Hindenburg. So you are guaranteed at least a big little matchup or a little, little matchup, and one of them has a shorty, and that just, it doesn't spell good for anybody, right? So forcing that play against the Atlas, I just, I mean, that you could do pass down, pick down, and have Jules shoot from, you know, over the top, I don't know, pretty much all game. Miles Jones can, you know, Miles can literally put his shoulder down and run through, I don't even know who the short stick is. Peter Durth, one of the, did he get signed to the Atlas? That would be like the only the only man big enough to guard uh, Miles, I think. Um, but even then, like full head of steam, uh, I'd say Redwoods. This is another dick kicking for the Atlas. Um, it just I, the Atlas just didn't they they're like not all together, right? There's a lot of young. I see Bacaro, I see Caraway, I see them trying to do things here and there, and you know Brian Costabile cannot be your uh, your your guy. You know what I mean? Like he can't be the guy for the Atlas, you know? And I think that the way that the way, I mean, he can, right. But I just, he can, but I like, you know, Pinnell is your guy for the Redwoods now, right? right? Like he's, yeah. he's the guy, Lyle's the okay. guy. Yes. Okay. Yes. So like he, I, he's the, and I hate, and I'm not, I'm using, I'm not using quarterback because I, I, it's been wildly overused after the NCAA this year. Like he's your guy, like he's got it. Um, I, I don't think that, I think if you keep Costfield on the field the entire time, you're, you know, it, you can you can do that, and he'll score goals. But like you're going to wear it, wear him out. Um, but I mean, I think that's my, you know, two cents. I think that the Atlas defense isn't very good. I think that King Cannon, as Jordy pointed out last episode, and I think we've seen it through the past couple of seasons, he's not very good at saving outside shots. Um, inside, we know the statistics, Joey Keek, shout out. We know that um, King Cannon's good on the inside. But also, I just think that this Atlas offense is too young right now. Uh, I think the Redwoods, they're experienced on defense. They all got it together. So, uh, yeah, I think the Redwoods are going to win pretty easily in this one. Yeah, I just I, – I, I see, like, just the way, um, you know, and, and we haven't even talked about just how good – the red i mean we we've talked about it like throughout the past few years so like that's nothing new um about how good the redwoods defense is um you know and you know just like having a guy like like john sexton just being a, a menace all over the field um you know and i, he I know those cost of yeah yeah so so they're like going up against them in, in practice in South Bend for so long. Um, so, you know, that's, it's, it's a tall order for this young Atlas team. Um, so I, I do think that it's going to be a bit of an, uh, another, another shelling um, for the Atlas, but 
Uh, tell you tell you one matchup that I am very excited to watch in this one. It is going to be at the face-off stripe. Um, it'll be, I believe, our first chance of seeing TD Erland taking on Trevor Baptiste since that uh, NCAA quarterfinal game uh, between Albany and Denver in, uh, I believe that was Trevor's senior year. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, so I, if, if memory recalls, I think it was about like a 50-50 split. Like I think um, – if it wasn't like it, like one might've went like 11 and 10 and the other one went 10 and 11. Like it was like right down the middle. Um, so being able to see uh, TD take on Trevor Baptiste is going to be um, definitely some must watch entertainment, especially if this Redwoods offense keeps producing the way that they can. And then we'll just get so many face-offs and so many opportunities to see these guys go up against one another. Um, so, you know, obviously like we would love to talk about it, um, but it, it makes more sense to bring on one of the guys himself. Uh, so let's, uh, yeah, we, we've, we've got Redwoods rookie TD Erlin coming up on this week's guest on the crease dive. So let's kick it on over to TD right now. All right. And joining us right now, we've got Redwoods rookie face-off specialist, as they like to be called these days. We've got fresh off of a uh, quite an eventful college career, spending time at uh, three different institutions. We've got TD Erlin on the line. So uh, TD, fresh off of a, a nice little two-win performance uh, over the past weekend in your, you know, your first taste of pro lacrosse uh redwoods seem to be rolling pretty good you seem to be rolling pretty well at at the face-off stripe uh so thanks for coming on and how's it going uh really good thanks for having me uh pretty pretty eventful weekend but we'll take two and oh after uh a beater of a double header so pretty uh pretty excited to be two and oh and going down to atlanta so it's going to be a hot one yeah, this is um this has actually been a long time coming. Uh, I, I I feel like we've we've tried to get you on the show a few times. Um, you've never been rude about it, but we just we've we've never been able to kind of uh, link up in an actual time. We, we haven't had you on before, have we? Am I am I misremembering? I remember you asked before like the national championship, and I was like, ah, oh, like we're kind of busy and stuff. Like hopefully if we win, I can come on. And then obviously we didn't win, so <laughs> so there's no need to come on. But uh, yeah, no. Finally, I finally could link up. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, great performance out of you uh, on on both days. And, um, you know, I just, uh, you know, great, great to see you out there. And I I know that, you know, maybe the the past year has been a little confusing up in the air for you with, you know, the shit with the Ivy League and then transferring over to Denver and then, you know, a tough one against Loyola there. So um, probably had to be nice for you to get out there and just, you know, how has the past you know, a few weeks been, um, you know, being able to, you know, go to training camp. I, I know you had a, uh, you know, a pretty eventful roommate uh, while you were there and just kind of getting yourself into the pro game. Yeah, it was uh, a lot of fun. Um, it was honestly kind of nice almost to like integrate back into society because we were on such lockdown out in Denver because I mean, really the university just, I could only go to my house in the field. Basically I didn't really get to meet anyone outside of our team. Um, but yeah, it was, it was cool. Uh, I mean, honestly, I wouldn't have been there without Nick Asello, literally because 
I was dumb and being a rookie and didn't realize how much travel there is on Memorial Day weekend. So I get to the Denver airport like an hour and a half before my flight and the line for security is like two and a half hours long. And Acello is just holding up the flight. He's like, there is no way we're leaving without Erlen. Like he is getting on this flight and like the flight was delayed like 10, 15 minutes. <laughs> and it was, I, he just gives me a final call. He's like, He's like, I don't know what you got to do, but you got to get there. We're about to take off. And so I just like ripped the mask off in the airport and like truck through a couple of old people on the way there. <laughs> just barely get on the, the plane. <laughs> so it was a stressful, but I mean, I'm the reason I guess he's the reason I played this weekend. So I owe it all to him. Yeah. Did he, uh, did he, ha- how long did he have you stuffed in a locker in your, uh, at Gillette? Gillette? Only a couple hours. <laughs> <laughs> No, he was good. He was all he was, he was he was honestly a good roommate to have because rookies, it's weird. Like in college, you go and you're a freshman, so you're like younger than guys. But you go and like Kyle Harrison's on the team, and he, he, I'm like 15 years, 16 years younger than Kyle Harrison. So it's good. Like he knew everyone on the team. He's so outgoing. Like by the time first practice occurred, I met everyone already, and like it was funny. But no, only a couple hours in the locker. I mean, it, it's it's also interesting though because like. You know, let, let's. You're not a no-name player, all right. Let's let's just go ahead and, and and get that out of the way. You're not a no-name guy, so like everybody knows who you are, but you don't know who everybody is. So like, did you have any of those situations where you're like, "Hey, I'm TD," and you extend your hand and they're like, "I fucking know who you are, dude." Like I, I've seen you all over the TV for the past three years. Was there was there anything like that where it's just like it, it's I don't know how to describe. There's probably a word for it, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess you, you kind of just always like, you're always introducing yourself and like, you know who they are. Like I'm going right. up to Miles Jones. I'm like, Hey, it's like TD. Nice to meet you. And he's like, Oh, Miles. And it's like, yeah, I know. Like kind of idolized you. And he's like, can't play like you, but you're like really good. Um, there was, I guess probably the biggest one though happened with like Rabel. We were in line for a buffet and it was me and Jamie, who's my like high school teammate. And like, he's on the woods with me and we go through the whole line and, Obviously, it's Rabel's right next to you, so I wasn't saying anything. I was like, all right, like, I'm just going to go through, get my quinoa, and, like, get out of here. They're serving, like, just salad. <laughs> and so we go, and he's, like, asking, he's like, oh, like, where'd you go to school? And I was like, I went to a lot of schools, man, like, had all my gear on. Um, he's like, oh, like, what position? I was like, oh, face-off guy. And he gets to the end, he's like, oh, TD, right? And, like, I just fumbled the bag. So at the end, I was like, uh, you're, you're Paul, right? Like, just, just made like an idiot. <laughs> It's like, yeah, obviously. You're, you're Paul, right? <laughs> you like, run this shit? <laughs> you should have hit him like, with one of them, like, uh, yeah, like uh, Phil or like Pat, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're Mike's brother. Mike's yeah, brother. Mike's, that would have gotten him. Mike's brother. And at the, end of, uh, at the end of it, I go to Jamie. I was like, I blacked out. How'd I do? And he's like, not well. Not well at all. <laughs> at least he's honest. That's what you can count on for a teammate. Yeah, true. True. How does not that go? You know, like, Acelo, you almost, you know, it's like that older guy on the team that takes you under the wing. He's like, you're my little freshman. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to take you to dinner, all that, introduce you to everyone. And then he just retires after, like, four days. Um, how are you, like, going to adjust to that? Like, this weekend coming up, who's going to be your roommate? Who are you, like, looking forward to hanging out with, shooting the shit with? Um, I, I guess that's, like, yeah, I mean – Look, yeah, I mean, I talked to him, and he's retiring for the right reasons. And at the end of the day, like, he's got his priorities straight. And believe it or not, he's a very mature and, like, well-thought-through individual, despite the the performance he puts on. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it's going to be crazy having a new roommate. Uh, Like, 
I have no clue who it's going to be. The thing is, there's so many Notre Dame guys and so many guys that have, like, like Kyle Harris and Joe Walters. Like, they're always together. And then, like, you got, like, all the Notre Dame teammates. So I have no clue. And, like, right now I'm the youngest guy on the team by, like, probably, like, four or five years, it feels like. Like, actually, no, Ryder's only – it's only, like, a year or two years old. No, Ryder's, like, 30. We, yeah. he, he's, he's, like, 30 because he did prep school and then all that, all that stuff. Yeah, he's, he's one of those – he reclassed in high school, I think, too. Yeah, so I think Ryder's the closest to me in age, and he's, like, it seems like he's, like, three years older. But also, too, it's, like, it feels like he's been there forever because they're all Notre Dame guys. So I definitely feel like I'm, like, the little eight-year-old on the team, and they're all watching out for me. So who knows? Uh, I'm excited, but uh, I guess guys I'm looking forward to hanging out. Like, Cav is, like, the man. He's awesome. Kyle Harrison's awesome, too. He's just, like, honestly, like, the dad of the team, especially to me. Like, we were sitting around getting COVID testing. He's, like, He's like, how old are you? And I was like, uh, yeah, I just turned 23. He's like, I'm like turning like 39. <laughs> so it's like actually crazy how I was like, wow, you're actually way closer to my parents' age. <laughs> and uh, he probably so, yeah. started playing pro ball like while you were picking up a stick for the first time. Yeah, that's actually such a good point. I'm trying to think. He's like, I, I, think, I think he was like 17 years. Yeah. So like, I think I started playing in kindergarten. Yeah. So he's definitely like, played pro lacrosse longer than I even like knew what lacrosse was. Wow. That's good to put it in perspective, but honestly, we got a good group of guys. We ripped a lot of Catan. So like it made for, uh, it made for people to get mad at each other pretty easily. So you got some, like you got everyone messing with each other, but we got a good squad. Like our chemistry is really cool. And like everyone has like their own roles and stuff and it's, we have a good crew. Yeah. Well, um, you know, I, would imagine you're, you're probably pretty used to finding new roommates at this point. Um, just bouncing around so much and, and, uh, you know, in college and, uh, you know, on, on the broadcast, I think of that, uh, of that Denver Loyola game, I think that they had brought up the, the living situation that you guys had in, uh, in Denver. So, um, you know, I obviously, you know, big, big matchup coming up this weekend in Atlanta, but let's, let's just go back a little bit to, um, you know, how, how was that experience at Denver? It sounds like you guys were able to cram like an entire roster of guys into, into one house guys, just like sleeping in drawers and shit like that. And, you know, a couple guys using a closet as, as maybe their bedroom. So, um, you know, how was, how was that? And, um, you know, just kind of getting to know those guys in the short amount of time that you were there. It was, uh, it was quite the experience and it was almost like you go and like, you think like your like living situation get better. You go from like the dorms, your freshman year, then sophomore year, the dorms are like a little better. And then like, you're finally working your way up to the house. You're like, Oh, this is awesome. And it was like back to square one. Like me and Jackson, like we're sharing a room. It had to be five by five. So small, like smaller than my room here. And we got two beds in here. I think they said on the broadcast, like the bed is like 80% room. And it legit was like, if he was up, I couldn't get up to go to the bathroom or anything until he got back. So there's like, there's seven of us in a house made for four or five people. And so we got all really close really quickly because we couldn't really go anywhere, do anything other than hang out. Um, we finished a lot of series together. We finished like two or three Netflix, rewatched Outer Banks, of course, like twice. Um, we go. Yeah, no, big. Hey, it's coming out uh, the 20th. I saw it. So oh, it's, I it's saw gonna, that. It's going to be big. Um, yeah, so the living living quarters weren't not weren't great, but I we were so used to it and we just had fun with it. Ethan Walker was in a, in the kitchen and he was using like shelves for 
it was so everything was so he didn't have a door so he just put a curtain up <laughs> everything was just so wild and no one had any privacy you just walk in at whatever time and it was so funny it was but it was cool honestly i i wouldn't change a thing it was you got so close because the living arrangements were so bad that you had to spend time with each other what was the uh so what kind of i guess i mean we could talk college a little bit but like what what made what made you choose denver because you know us being well, Jordy and Dukes being big J journalists, I'm just a guy. Uh, the, these two being big J journalists, there was a lot of speculation about, you know, where I guess most of the Ivy League guys would fall. Uh, what made you choose Denver? Um, and uh, because, you know, T- Tierney is notorious for having, what is it, seven goalies on the roster, uh, 12 faceoff guys, 40 defensemen. So, like, what, what made you choose Denver? over other places and did you did you go visit other places um that you liked um i considered uh i looked at unc and maryland also pretty heavily just uh but at the end of the day i kind of knew i was going to go out to denver um biggest thing was lucas cotler and jackson moral being out there yeah and yale not playing those i always view those as like yale guys so i was i want to go finish it out with them and i think it honestly meant so much to coach shay and he's one of the most influential people like in my life um, and to see him kind of just living through us for a year, us playing together meant so much to him. I just felt like I owed it to him at least to go and finish out with those guys and play. And a lot of people would reach out and just talk about like how I'm kind of like splitting reps now, as opposed to like every other school, I just took all of them. But I mean, if I just stayed at Yale, I was going to take zero faceoffs all year. So I took way more than I thought. And I mean, finished 73%. So not too, too bad, obviously. Losing Loyola in that first round sucked, but you ran into a hot team. And, I mean, end of the day, I met guys there that will be my friends forever, like guys like Danny Logan, Squires, Ethan Walker, and Tuna. So, I mean, those guys will be – they'll be with me forever, so I don't really regret anything. Obviously, you regret losing, but that's how everyone is except one team at the end of the day. And, like, unfortunately, it was Virginia again this year, but, I mean, congrats to them. You know, I saw that uh... – could tell no, that one hurt a little bit. Is that what? Yeah, I, I sensed a little, a little, a little bit of hurt right there. A little bit, a little bit of hurt. Yeah, just I mean, credit to it them. happens, right? It happens, but yeah. just the season after when like all of our Yale guys and then they start out like two and two, pretty shaky, and then they kind of hit the reset. They're like, oh, like you can't just roll the balls out after you win a national title. And then, I mean, credit to them though; they played really well when it mattered. And sucks though, definitely still sucks. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I saw that Ocello said he dropped off some beers for you guys. And I know, second half of that Loyola game, it really felt like the Yale guys took over for you guys. But in general, after the protocols with COVID, how was that first night drinking with the boys, you know, getting after it? Because uh, I could imagine you guys were just slugging them down. There was a lot of steam that night, even after a loss. So we uh, – I mean, we had the night game, and it's also like mountain time, so I could only imagine – Everyone was probably up so late. So we finished the game. We finished the game and, like, obviously we're devastated. We All the seniors are on the field for way too long doing, like, our cliche stuff. Like, I left my stick, like, in the middle of the field because my cow, my high school wrestling coach always said he wanted me to do that. So I, I did that for him. And, like, we get off the field, we get back, and we see our parents because we weren't allowed to see them at all um, throughout the year. 
And so we finally, like, they could finally see inside our house and stuff for the first time. We start drinking with them. And we're probably drinking with them for, like, an hour. Like, don't eat any food or anything. And just the wave of, like, the entire team just comes in our house. <laughs> and uh, it was, like... In, in the spacious house. And yes, very spacious, COVID-protocol house. There's six feet everywhere. Um, yeah, so they just come in. And it was, honestly, it was that was kind of just exactly what everyone needed was just to finally be with each other. It was just like a big stress off everyone's shoulders. And we had quite a good time. Didn't get in too much trouble. Um, didn't get any calls from coach T. So we kept it in check, but, uh, we definitely had, had a good time. I was, that was, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, just oh, uh, one more oh, question, go ahead. question go ahead. to Porter. I, I, I saw Eric law had a really good, snippet from his best coach tyranny moment i just didn't want to forget it what was your one coach tyranny moment where you're like this this is the legend he, this is my favorite bill tyranny moment i got like a funny one and then like there's definitely like some wisdom like he i think it was before the big east tournament or but he talked to he gave us this like great speech about you have your whole life to like look back like now is like the time you can like look forward and really be in the moment He's everyone spends so much time focusing on either what's next or what's behind you right now. Like let's focus on what's front in front of us. And that was probably like the coolest like thing he did and like talk he had like ever just at least in lacrosse related. Right. I had even in knowing him outside now, like he's had a lot of good things. He always, he texted me and said how proud he was after the uh, PLL game, which was really, really cool. But probably my funniest story is he just gets so intense in the game and we're playing Loyola and I win the faceoff. I go out the front and hit the point to Jackson Morrill, and he scores. He's like, can you stop shooting the ball and hit the damn point already? And I was like, I just hit the point, and we just scored. Like, <laughs> And he was just yelling at me. And I, and I remember Trevor came up. He's like, yeah, I saw him get it after you, after you scored a goal. He's like, he has no clue what he's even saying right now at you. He's just gets so, he gets so into the game. But that's probably my funny story about <laughs> one of the many. I think that there are probably quite a few refs in uh, NCAA lacrosse who should probably invoice Bill Tierney for some uh, therapy sessions after he's done ripping into them. Like there, especially that Loyola, like it's, it seemed like after every single call the refs made the broadcast just made sure that they panned the camera right over to him. And he's just like, you fucking idiots. And, um, but yeah, but speaking of Denver, um, you know, you've, you've got a matchup this weekend against uh, another Denver face-off legend um so you know i think this one depending on how the percentages work out uh this game on i believe you guys are the saturday the are you guys the first game or the second game on saturday um so first game on saturday not you guys are second game on saturday so so make sure yeah so you're 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 gonna need a cello to uh still be your your time manager and (laughs) get rid of him yeah, so Acello, make sure you get on this guy. He's he's got to be at the field at 3 p.m. on Saturday, not 12. Um, but so you, you'll you'll be going up against uh, going up against Trevor, uh, and percentage wise, like I, I think that this is a game where I think everyone kind of knows whoever comes out on top of this game will be officially the greatest faceoff guy to come out of Denver. Um, so does that add a little bit extra pressure to you heading into this weekend? Um. I mean, I don't know. I guess at this point, it's pretty like everyone you play is really good. Um, obviously, Trevor's Team USA guy, and he's he's been the guy for for a long time. And obviously, him and Nardello always have huge, huge targets on their back in the league. Is kind of like the top two guys recently. So it'll be a 
It'll be interesting. Um, I mean, I guess for title, best guy to come out of Denver. He definitely, for the time he spent four years there, I spent about four weeks there. So he, he definitely, he warrants the Mount Rushmore out of Denver. Um, but yeah, it'll be cool to go against him. Uh, last time I went against him was at Albany. So it's been a, it's been a while. Um, I've taken lives and stuff with him though on the side. And I mean, he's obviously really talented and I got to play well. So we got, got our work cut out for us. Hopefully I can hold my own there and hopefully we can get another, uh, another win. Be want to know this weekend. So it'd be, it'd be a pretty good start for the Redwoods and I'm going to try and do my part. Yeah. I was going to say, was that the, the first and only time that you went in like an actual game scenario? I guess so. Yeah. Just the way that it matches up with your ages. Yeah. Yeah. He, cause he was a couple years older. Um, we played in the team USA scrimmage, but it was so weird. We showed up and they're like, we're doing international face-offs. Like right when we got there, we're like, what are international face-offs? And me and Joe Newman were just horrendous because it was like just no rules. And we're like, all right, well, so I guess they killed us there, but it was kind of, I guess to bail us out, it was kind of unfair to us what they did, but I mean, he killed us there, but that was the only real, I mean, it was a scrimmage. So, but that's the only real game situation I've won against them was that Albany Denver one. And it was a great like quarterfinal game, obviously even outside the faceoff matchup, but it was a cool experience. So I doubt there's as much media attention this week as there will be with as there was back then that was pretty crazy the pll with the new rules because you're talking about international draws how fast did it take you to adjust to the new rules are they that different for like a face-off guy of your caliber um i think they're definitely different i mean for me it took a while i was denver's on quarters or well like trimesters but technically quarters because they do a summer quarter so like i'm still finishing up finals i got my last one about to turn in tonight but I was doing those all week and stuff. So I was just stressing myself out. We had like four Fogos. So it was tough to get in the rhythm. And so I was horrible in the scrimmages. Like I was really bad. <laughs> I did not win very many face-offs. So it took me a little bit to adjust. Um, especially you're going against like the top eight guys in the world, really face-off wise every week. And they're adjusting. They know the rules. So it's like, if you're a little off, they're going to kill you. So um, it's a, definitely took an adjustment period. It's, with how the games are televised and stuff, they, they're very quick. They want to get you out there quick. So you see some draws. You don't see too many draws that are really lockups. Um, they're mostly just quick, and you just got to contest the ground balls. And the wings are so fast and athletic, they get on you. Mm-hmm. So definitely took a little bit to adjust, but I thought for the games, I, I figured it out all right. Yeah, it was funny. I think on fr- Friday night, I was at Gillette, and I videotaped your first, first face-off. And I was like, I'm going to document TD's first face-off win. And I just go, yeah, he lost. He lost that one pretty single-handedly. But that was one of the – I think you lost three face-offs the entire night. So I have one of your three losses from uh, your opener. Just documented. <laughs> I guess it's just – we'll make it an NFT, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'll tell him Nardella. I'll put it on his NFT. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking, speaking of uh, throwing some money around, um, so we just saw this past week uh, it, the, the new facility – at uh, Yale was unveiled. So the, the Josiah Fieldhouse, or I, I forget exactly what the title of that is, but um, obviously Josiah threw a, uh, quite, quite, the, uh, quite the bag at, at Yale to put that facility together. And I just want to know, you know, so he's a, a fellow Yale lacrosse alumni. Um, and at this point, you're also Yale lacrosse alumni. So how much, how much did you donate to that Fieldhouse? Uh, cumulative between me and Joe, we donated the whole thing. between him and our 20 the 2020 graduating class we donated it but yeah that facility's crazy obviously joe's the most generous guy out there and 
probably the biggest supporter of Yale lacrosse out there. I mean, pretty unquestioned. I remember when we had our COVID season cut short, we were, he came to three of our four games and he's like, yeah, I just got done watching like the Nets play and figured I could make it out here. I was like, yeah, like Yale lacrosse and the Nets. Like, I don't think we're remotely on the same level. Um, but yeah, he's awesome. He's like the nicest, most genuine guy. I remember after the, uh, after beat Penn State in the final four, he asked for a selfie. I was like, yeah, we can obviously get a selfie. I was like, I should be asking you for the selfie. Um, but he's awesome. I mean, that facility is so nice. Uh, no more grit over at Yale is what we always joke about now. Like the thing always, they just, things get a little bit, a little bit nicer. And now it's like a huge upgrade and that stadium is so cool. And that, how it's going to be for games and stuff with the bleachers they put on the other side, it's going to be an unreal atmosphere. Do you think going forward that that's going to be a, well, obviously it's, it's going to be a recruiting tool. Um, but you know, spin zone, uh, Michigan has a super nice facility and they absolutely suck ass. So is it, is it going to be a distraction to the boys? Is the field house <laughs> going to be a distraction? Just playing both sides here. Oh, that's true. So yeah, if you get nicer stuff, you suck. Is that how it is? Yeah, that? I think, I think that's the conclusion that I'm drawing here off of my one anecdote. So, um, well, coach Michigan doesn't have coach Shea, so I think we'll be all right. So as long as we, okay, cool. As long as our shooting, which is not usually the best early in the season, as long as we don't break any windows in the size center, it should be okay. Yeah, that's, I was also a thing, you know, the kind of the architecture, like the, the little like drawing I saw, I was like, uh, you know, you got to think that they're going to put up some high quality nets. Uh, otherwise, you know, that, that, that window bill is going to be, you know, <laughs> through, a lot Yeah, That's through the roof. It's like at the Hofstra where there is that, like, you got to hit it just right. But I remember we were warming up there for the quarterfinals. Actually, we were about to play Denver and like a couple guys hit him off the pipe. And then the last one, like just shattered a window in Hofstra. So I'm yes. hoping that happened, but it was, I honestly, we kind of celebrated just cause it was kind of, it was like aesthetically pleasing. It was like one of those satisfying videos. So. I mean, you know, you're brave enough to say that breaking windows is cool as fuck. So we appreciate you to have that. To, we appreciate you being on here saying that. Yeah. Uh, so you, uh, you want me to go for this one? Or I have one last question. Just, you know, ahead, again, I was at Gillette, humble brag, media pass, not to brag to the fans out there. But um, people were saying that Notre Dame could be your fourth school because, you know, there's a lot of Notre oh, Dame God. guys on the roster. So are you going to just go decked out in Albany, Denver, Notre Dame? Are the boys going to make you wear Notre Dame gear for a pregame fit? I don't know. Actually, Ryder, I said uh, we were joking, went to like the Nike outlet, which was right near Gillette, to just get some clothes. And uh, Ryder joking, was like, because his style could not be more different than mine. He's very vibrant and outgoing, and I'm just very plain, like black and white. He's like, all right, if we do well this weekend, like, I'll, I'll get to deck you out for a game. And I was like, all right, deal. And then it went well. So now I guess he's decking me out for a game. <laughs> probably going to make me wear all Notre Dame stuff. But, yeah, I mean, whatever. They're probably – there's some rookie hazing stuff. I'll have to carry the ball bag and wear a Notre Dame shirt. <laughs> but I might as well. Basically like my four school, though, now. <laughs> yeah, I'm just – I'm I'm really hoping for for my sake that uh, I, I know Ryder he's a huge Bruins guy so um, you know if if it, it'd be nice if if the Bruins we're recruiting this on on Wednesday night they have a chance to get bounced from the playoffs tonight so it's it's always Ryder's always the worst when it comes to he gets he gets so cocky on 
I, he's also a, a Redskins fan or no, they're not the Redskins anymore. That's, that's bad to say. Uh, the, 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 he's, he's a, he's a football team fan um, and a Bruins fan. So um, yeah, just hopefully he doesn't put you in, in either of those. Um, yeah. Trying to think if I had um, just, I'm, I'm out of questions now. So now I'm just saying whatever pops into my head. Have you ever had to pick up one of handsome Dan shits? <laughs> No, I haven't. They just got a new handsome Dan, though. It's a, a puppy. I literally missed everything by a year. It's so cute. But Did, did he ever yeah. poop on the field? Oh, yeah. He did a couple times, I think. Yeah, but Dar was on it. Um, Dar's a Yale Cross alumni, and he used to own old handsome Dan. And uh, But, no, never had to do that. He, he would always take the ball buckets at practice, though, and it was a distraction. He's a legend, though. Handsome Dan's like was the coolest guy on our team for sure. Yeah, maybe maybe that'll be a way to keep the boys gritty with your new uh, fancy facility where, you know, just every time Handsome Dan drops one on on the field, you just got to go send a couple freshmen to go pick it up. Yeah, we'll make James, James Ball can go pick it up. We'll, we'll keep him on it. There you go. Uh, yeah, you, you boys got anything else? Um, I mean, I, obviously, you know, I, I think, you know, may, maybe not quite as much, um, you know, f- media attention to TD versus Trevor part two this time around, just because, you know, it's not a NCAA tournament setting. Um, but I think, you know, everyone's still super excited to see that one. Um, you know, and then especially probably I'd imagine in the face off world too, because you guys are like so weird and like you guys, like you guys play for teams, but like, like the face off community actually talk about that. That that's the last thing I want you to talk about. It's just, do you realize like how weird it is that you guys are like, like there's, there's not really, uh, or, you know, maybe it's just because I've never been good enough to be invited to it, but there, there's not like an attackman community, like where guys like will like go around and like really like, will like go out of their way to like practice like with other like face off guys. You're just always together. You're always watching what each other's doing. You guys are always training together. Um, so like, do you realize how weird it is? And like, but like, how is being in that community? Um, yeah, so it's so weird, but everyone's so intrigued by it. Like everyone, I feel like so many people ask me, they'll be like, oh, like, have you ever gone against him? And they're like, they always like try to like paint these parallels. Like everyone always thinks that there's like this, uh, like almost like a secret society, like this high class, like secret group chat of all the like elite Fogos out there. And like, everyone just kind of like speaks their mind and stuff. Um, Is there not? There's, uh, I guess they're kind, not really. There's Uh small. if i told you i'd probably get kicked out of it so Um, yes but no it's uh it's a cool i mean obviously i'm biased but it's like it's nice it's an easy like everyone you go against each other but such a different dynamic like attackman will see each other be like hey like what's up man like how's practice going and every face-off guy like pll weekend they'll be like oh my god like how'd you do against him like he's got like this weird move and like he's like such a different feel and i'd be like yeah it's so we're definitely a bunch of weirdos there's some good eggs out there but Overall, we're so weird. It's so just a bunch of oddballs. Everyone's got their own like little quirks and stuff, but it's good. I guess I'd, I've always been an oddball. And besides, being normal is not cool anymore. Being weird's cool. So, yeah, boring. Boring if you're normal, I guess. There you go. Slap that on the t-shirt, and uh, <laughs> now we can finally get some some money sent your way, and then you can donate to the next field house. Um, all right. Well, yeah, TD, long time coming, but glad we could finally get you on. Um, you guys can catch TD and the Redwoods taking on the Atlas again. That's three p.m. 
on Saturday. So um, un, unbeknownst to TD, they're not, not the first game on that day. Uh, but, you know, right before that, you can catch the Whip Snakes and the Cannons on NBC. Redwoods taking on the Atlas NBC Sports Network, I believe, I guess, NBCSN. Um, but, yeah, thanks for coming on and, uh, you know, looking forward to another, another big day out of you. And, uh, yeah, I guess roll woods. Yeah. Thank you uh, so much for having me on and hopefully you guys enjoyed it and roll woods. Yeah. And uh, just, just remember, you know, take, take your time getting to the, to, to the airport. So you won't have Nick there holding up the plane. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure that TSA is not too thrilled with them already. So, um, you know, just set that alarm clock a little earlier. I will, I will definitely try to. All right. We'll talk to you. Awesome. Thank you guys. All right. Thanks again to TD for hopping on with us. Uh, Looking forward to seeing the Redwoods take their undefeated season into week three. So a big day at the faceoff strike for him. That will be the second and final game on Saturday. Uh, And then we get to Sunday, the final. Wait, wait, wait. I got to get into this. I got to get into this before we're getting to Sunday. Okay. Conspiracy. Conspiracy thread. So hold on. Well, am am I supposed week, to do how how hard do I got to buckle in for this one? Oh God, here we go. You know, I think that people will agree with me on this. So I don't think you have to buckle in too tight. You know, put on the seatbelt, but don't don't uh, tighten it. All right. All right. All so right, buckle in. All right. Everyone thought last week. Wow, Chris Hogan. He made the twenty-five man roster. You know, he's going to go back to Gillette where he played with the Patriots. He got all that fame. You know, Al Michaels talking about how he played lacrosse at Penn State on a night football. No, 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 no. He's going to make his debut this Saturday when the Cannons are playing on NBC. That's a fact. Last week, they were only on Peacock. Why would you waste Chris Hogan's debut on Peacock? PLL, they're smart guys. They know when people want to watch. They know how people are going to tune in. Are you going to tune in on Peacock or are you going to tune in on NBC National TV? Boom. What do you guys think? I think that's uh, fair, but I think it's more of a – I think that's a – that's a. I think the situation is fitting your conspiracy very well. I don't, I don't, I don't foresee – I mean, if like – okay, so today we're recording on Wednesday. If tomorrow – Okay, so we'll know tomorrow because there will be like an Instagram post, like, you know, something cryptic, like ready for the weekend or like, because like you have to think like they know he's, you, you, you know who the 19 is already, right? So mm-hmm. um, who would have to be not dressed for him to play? That's, a, that's another question. Who, who in the Cannons roster would, would have to be not dressed for him to play? Let me look, I'm going to look at the Cannons roster right now. Good for so radio. Yeah, I, yeah, this Lyle, is, but like obviously Lyle, not. Um, I love yeah, how Lyle. Just is take, like take out, yeah, day. take out, take out Lyle and put Chris Hogan down there. Um, I I think that you're. It would make sense to put Chris Hogan out on NBC if they did not have a game against the Whip Snakes scheduled. I think that that's probably the biggest bugaboo in your conspiracy because, like. Chris Hogan's not going to be out there playing offense. He's going to be out there playing short stick D mid. And when that defense is already going to have their hands full with Zeddy ball game, Jay Carlson, Matt Rambo, um, even when they get a chance to throw Ryan Tierney out there uh, and then you have like, so what Shannon Chuck's going to get a poll. So then you're, you're telling Chris Hogan to go out there and 
I mean, who who's he got to cover? Like Brad Smith probably coming out of the box. Maybe even Connor but, Curse coming out of the box. Like he's gonna get and, dusted no matter what. And I this is I'd actually argue that the whip snakes he'd start more because what's better marketing than Chris Hogan going up against the two time champs? <laughs> he's gonna get lit up. I hate I hate that we can reduce these matchups and things like that to some sort of marketing scenario, but there is evidence to suggest that some of it is like good for TV, right? Like you know, I, I, like it's almost like uh, like uh, if you if you took you know like a Bravo to like a Bravo show and combined it with a sporting league. Like I, I, I hate that it's it's you know getting close to that, right? So here's what I'll say because I like I think theoretically your conspiracy makes sense. I, I think that like as far as a business decision for the league goes, in theory makes sense. Um, but so if if you're if you're the PLL and you're listening to this right now, which you are, um, listen. So this is coming out. This is Friday. So you have until Saturday to to hear what I'm about to say. And this is a a very very urgent warning. If Chris Hogan does make the the 19 man active roster game day, if he does suit up for this game, do not under any circumstances mic him up for this game. Because that that's where this would go horribly. Um, one, we we heard from Chris Hogan plenty on last week's broadcast. Um, you know, he was getting interviewed between quarters and everything. Um, if you have him mic'd up for this one and he's just getting torched, and you still have to talk to him throughout the broadcast because you have him mic'd up, that's going to get pretty embarrassing. So, um, yeah, that that's just so in theory. Yes, and it makes sense to put him on NBC and you could hype up that matchup against the two-time reigning champs. Just do not do not make him wear a mic. That would be bad for all involved. I mean, I could I could I could, I could see that, but I mean, I could also see them taking out I, I mean, their other defensive midfielders are like Tyson Bell, Luke Anderson, Oh, that, and that's Sam what I'm Duggan. saying. Go, go yeah, go with so those like, guys who like yeah. I mean, so I mean, you you could see it, and so you know, Dukes, you might you might be onto something here. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm not, a hu- I don't think I'm a huge fan of it, but like, no, neither. I mean, uh, let, I don't know. We could be pleasantly surprised, right? You know, maybe maybe he his feet are good enough from playing in the NFL that you know he actually might play better defense because he's not really concerned about the stick. He's just concerned about keeping the guy in between, you know, keeping himself in between the guy and the goal because there's, you know. It, it, there's a there's a calculated risk in going for the stick in these games because you know you your goalie makes a good eight yard save and the ball's moving the other direction you can you can score in transition so I don't I don't know not without like getting too complicated about it but you know Hogan could be you know, I might regret this take but like Hogan might be a good choice um, considering his speed uh, and his feet and that the, probably the fact that he's you know incentivized to perform right um but that's just from a that's just from a that's 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 about as objective as i can go right uh yeah yeah i mean like i guess i guess like matching feet like it's not like like i i think i i love brad smith i think that he's got an awesome game i don't necessarily know if he's like 
like the craftiest like dodger in the world. So I, I yeah, like athletic, like athlete to athlete, Hogan can keep up with that. Um, same thing with, you know, if, if, if curse gets in there. So yeah, I don't know. Talking about it now, it makes, makes sense. Um, Dukes. I also think that if you, with the mic'd up situation, I think that you can't talk to them throughout the game. Like, Lyle, what did you see on that play that made you go to the, like, the other hand like Boyle does? I think that they're going to be like, hey, Hogan, how good are these athletes? And he, they're going to want a professional NFL player to describe how good and how talented these players are on the main broadcast. Okay. I'm kind of I'm, I'm, I'm on Dukes' side now. I think, that, I, I think that that's another good thing, too. I think that's good. That's good for television. I hate it, but I think it's good for television. Come, come my way, Jordy. Jordy, Jordy I see Jordy. Jordy's wheels come are spinning. On, Jordy, Jordy, he hates. He, he's, no, he no, hates. But it. I, yeah, I mean, I, I was. I, listen, I wasn't totally against you, like I was with your. Does does Spolina leave <laughs> twenty two? The Syracuse. Now that, now you, that just you, you don't bring that up. You don't bring that up. You just brought that up to make me seem like an idiot. I wasn't. I wasn't totally against you on this take. Like I thought that it made sense. And yeah, I, okay. So me, I don't know. I still wouldn't have. I, I, I agree with, uh, with, with like. Like I'm not like a massive fan of the of the mic'd up um, interviews anyway. Like I, I like it a lot better when like Paul Burmeister like catches up with the guys like on the sidelines in the game. Like if you're gonna interview guys during the games, like I kind of like that sideline interview more than the, especially because like like you just like talk to Rambo and Rambo every time is like I can't hear you guys and like yeah like buddy you can definitely hear him. You just don't want to talk to him. We know you. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, so that. Listen, I don't, I don't hate it. I just, I like, as, as a Chris Hogan fan, I'm, I think I'm just more worried about him. Like, like, as a, as, like, what, I'm you, a, what are you worried about? I don't want to see him go out there and fail. That's, that's my, I'm, I'm, because I've been the biggest Chris Hogan comeback to lacrosse guy that there is on the planet. A lot of people out there hate Chris Hogan coming back to lacrosse. A lot of haters out there. I've been supporting since day one. And and now that there's a chance, now that Dukes makes a lot of sense for why he should probably get into the lineup this week, uh, the nerves are just kicking in that he goes out there and gets torched. Like I, but like on, on the flip side. Okay, so like, you're making this, you're making this about you. Yes, exactly. You're making this about you. This is about, it's just, I want to, of course, I'm just making it, I'm just making sure that everybody knows that. that is, isn't Jordan, that this, the whole, isn't Jordy, that the whole idea of a podcast? Like talking into like, make, like no one else talks into a microphone for other people to listen to if they don't think that everything's about them. Okay. I just, I'm, I'm clarifying. When he gets burned, it's the perfect opportunity for them to say how good are these athletes? How talented are they? It's the perfect opportunity for everything. Him get burned by national television and bring up how talented and athletic these players are. I think so he'll get smoked. I think he'll get smoked maybe once or twice, but I think he's smart and I think that he's a good enough athlete to realize that I, a I've either met my limits or b he can he can figure out how to make it work. I Agreed. just as an athlete in general. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm in the middle. I've, I've got like a internal dilemma going on here of how much, like, I think that it would be good for the game versus how much like it might not be amazing for the Chris Hogan lacrosse player brand. Um, but I don't know, just like looking at their schedule, like, like they, they, they've got the Atlas in week three and like, 
is that a better game for the cannons overall? Yes, but like, I don't know. I, I think the cost to be able, well, cost to be able would get the pull. But either way, I think that the Atlas probably have a little bit more of like a, a, a tougher midfield for Chris Hogan to cover. So I don't know. Dukes, I, I, I think you're, you're on that one. I'm like, I'm 75% in. Um, but yeah, so good, good conspiracy hour with Dukes. Um, getting back to where we were supposed to be going is Sunday. Um, so these Sunday games, 1 p.m. and 3.45. Uh, the first game you can catch on NBCSN, that will be the Chrome, who will be without Jordan Wolf in this game. Uh, he is now on the injured list with what I'd imagine is a torn hamstring uh, and going up against the water dogs playing in their second game of the weekend. Uh, so, I mean, Jake hot Lana, as, as they call it, how tough is it going to be for these teams having to play two games in one weekend in that ATL sun? Although you said it could rain, but either way, it's going to be hot. It's going to be muggy. You know, the weather down there, two games in a weekend, at this level tough to ask of the body. So, um, you know, water dogs going up against the Chrome team who, you know, obviously down a big, big man in their offense, but you know, they'll, they'll be coming in here fresh water dogs. will just have that one day of recovery. So does that hurt them in here? Uh, I don't think it necessarily hurts them because they get to play Friday night, which 7 PM. Yeah. It's still in the seventies and they'll be playing at the, the stadium. So, um, it, it, you know, sun will go down sunsets like eight 45 or so now. Um, so they'll have a little time in the sun, but it really shouldn't be all that hot. They should be fine. It'll be humid, uh, if anything. Um, but the 1 PM Sunday is, is certainly, uh, that, that could be a different story. Um, the problem with the, the problem is like, you know, if you're out and about in the sun Saturday, like if you're, if you're on the water dogs and you're, I don't know. We got some boys in town or whatever. And you guys go down to the battery or the belt line. Oh no, they can't because they're, they're all restricted by, you know, COVID tests and whatnot. Never mind. So, I mean, just if they stay out of the sun Saturday, then, I mean, they should be fine on Sunday, but Sunday at 1 PM will probably be the hottest game I imagine. Um, but I mean, the forecast is calling for a little bit of rain. So like you, you never, you never really know. It could be one of those situations where it pours rain and then it's, immediately sunny after which does suck because it's so humid um i mean it's 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 a crap shoot but it certainly will be more humid than foxborough i imagine uh but i mean if you're the chrome uh the chrome running hot off of jordan you know kind of led by jordan mcintosh um and john rannigan out there just absolutely beast mode um it sucks that they won't have Jordan Wolf. That's a really unfortunate injury, but like that's one that you have to take care of, especially, uh, especially, especially a hamstring. Uh, those are kind of, kind of necessary, I suppose. Um, but other than that, I mean, Galloway didn't perform all that well in their last game. Um, you'd like to see Galloway play a little bit better, but I think it'll be an interesting game. Uh, Colin Heacock and Jackson Morrill out there uh, for the for the Chrome. I don't know. I, I, I like the water dogs. I like the team. I just, they've severely underperformed, I think, um, which, you know, maybe they're in like an Atlas type situation for this year, uh, which it's kind of the parallel, like adding, adding a new team like the cannons and then immediately, you know, having success uh, kind of convenient that Raples on that one. Right. 
No comment. I, no comment. I mean, I'm not a conspiracy. <laughs> I, I listen, I'm not a conspiracy theorist or anything. But if, was, but if I was, but if I was, I might wonder why the cannons uh, are so good and the league's founders on the team. But I also think that it, you know, I, cause I just look at the rosters, the water dogs top to bottom do like theoretically should be very good, but they just did, haven't put it together. So does that fall on, you know, the players and the personnel, or does that fall on the coaching staff? Is the, do the Canada just have a better coaching staff as well? Cause I can make that argument. I don't see that. I think that, I think that, okay. A lot of these guys are coaches themselves, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that to me at a professional level, coaches are more like guides, right? They're, they're trying, they are, they are reeling in egos. They are making sure that players are like, because a lot of these guys, I'm sure that they just like, not, not necessarily like blackout, but like they go to a different place, you know, they turn on their switch and they're like, they become this pro athlete. So it's the coach's job to rein them in and say, Hey, let's look at what we're doing here. And, uh, let's, let's try to, you know, stick to a, stick to a scheme because it's very easy for some of these guys to go off scheme. Like Ryan Brown did his thing in that last game. He had seven shots, literally zero of them fell. Right. So Mm -hmm. maybe it's getting Brownie some better shots. Maybe it's getting Cuccinello more involved, you know, just, just, it's, it's, it's stuff like that, right? It's very easy for some of these guys, not to say that they're egotistical or anything, but it, it happens in any game. Like it's, it, if some guy tries to take over the game and it's just not working and for the coach to be there and be like, Hey, he's like the authority, like, Hey, but like, it's not really working for you. Can we try a different, a different part of the scheme and then be like, Oh, Hey, I'm back to earth. Like, yes, we can do that. Does that make sense? Totally. hundred thousand percent. Makes plenty of sense. And, um, you know, I, I think, you know, kind of the same thing where, you know, Ryan Brown getting seven shots, zero goal. Like, I think, like, just the more that these guys play, the more that they get themselves back into game mode, Definitely. like, the more that shit starts to drop. And, you know, the more that, you know, that team's able to build some chemistry, even if they're playing two games this this weekend without Sours. Um, you know, but I, I think, obviously, what this all boils down to, and I think everyone can agree with this one, um, just depends on on the chrome and their socks. So, um you know, the, oh depending God, on what dude, color those, those, those socks are depends on, you know, how this game goes. So uh, if they come out there with anything besides white, uh, I, I see water dogs just getting it done. And, and even, you know, even after playing two games uh, in the same weekend, you know, you, you've got the athletes, you've got guys like Ryan Conrad who are used to playing like 120 minutes per game, even though the games are only 60. So, uh, yeah. So, and then the final game of the weekend, so we'll have the, uh, the Chouse running it back for their second of the weekend, and they'll be taking on the hottest team in the league, uh, both scoring-wise and looks-wise, uh, the Archers. So Archers coming off of a huge uh, – what, what did they win that game by last week? 12, I believe. 18 to 6. Yeah, so uh, quick, quick math on that one. 12 goals. Uh, so Archers, they obviously had everything going their way. Um, you know, and they've still got like, that wasn't even the best that we'll see from them, um, this year. So, uh, you know, I think, I think stylistically, like these two teams, the, the, um, the chaos and archers are about like as polar opposite as you can get. I think that, you know, um, you know, archers are just that like 
classic, not classic in the sense like boring, but like they're like like your prototypical field across, just run and gun, and um, you know chaos. Just more of that taking the box game and just putting it outside. A lot more two man game stuff. Um, not to say that the archers don't run two man games, but um, you know just stylistically, these these two teams are both um, just super different, both exciting in their own regards, but. Um, I, I just think this Archers team, like, I, I don't think that last weekend was like, uh, like, we're not going to look back at the end of the season and be like, wow, like, I can't believe the Archers like had like such a big game in week one. Like, I think we're going to look back and be like, yeah, like they did that shit every single week. Um, just so loaded. Um, so, you know, and when you've got like Tom Schreiber being, you know, he's, he's, he's like your guy. Sick, just but, call it, call it what it is. He's a sick, disgusting freak. But, Stuff but like, that Tom Schreiber does is just, is uncalled for. But, but here's, so here's a, a question I'm going to ask. And like, I, I don't want this to get misconstrued as a, like creating like a, like, like who is the guy on the archers? And that's, that's not like pitting guys against each other. Like, I'm not trying to say like one guy's better, but like, who would you say, is the guy would you say that it's it's a meant when he has himself going or do you think it's always Schreiber or do you think maybe even Holman gets that title no like it's like, Schreiber. no I don't it's think Schreiber. it's him. I don't I don't think I, it's particularly close either in my opinion I don't think it's I don't think it's any of them I think that they're all pieces oh, whoa, whoa, to the puzzle whoa, 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 but you have whoa, to have whoa, a guy whoa 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 go go ahead Jake keep this one going <laughs> I think you it's think Gittleman. It's, you think it's Ratliff? Oh, okay. No, I, I was gonna say I think I think it's Gittleman, uh, and and I think it's Rat. It, Rat it, Rat gets them going, and Rat keeps them going. But it's it's got to be for sure Gittleman, because that the the way okay. So in my mind, the archers work so well because there aren't there isn't a guy if that makes sense, right? I think that there's a lot of I th- like that. That's where I was going, but yes. Yes, I, I think that I don't think that anybody on offense is particularly the guy, and they share the ball really well, which is why there's not like a guy, and they're tough to scheme against because Will Manny can score, Marcus Holman can score, Connor Fields can score, Grant Amant can, can score, and then soon, soon Trey Leclaire. So I think I think if you've got like a guy, it's it's Git, and Git keeps him going through, throughout the whole game. You know, he's correct me if I'm wrong. He's probably the oldest guy on the team too. By far, uh, it would either be him or Drew Adams. Yeah, it's him or him or Drew Adams. But I mean, so I think that I think it gets the guy. I, I I don't I don't, and I think that puts them in a in a good situation too. I like that. So I mean, I don't. Sense. I I know what you're saying with Gittleman. I wouldn't say it's Gittleman. I think it's just goaltending in general. We saw Gittleman got benched for Drew Adams last year, right? Towards the end, like it was Drew Adams was the guy that was playing the full games. So I, I get what you're saying with Rat and Gittleman, heart and soul, because even I remember going to weekends where Gitt's on the sideline coaching from the sideline. So there's like that heart and soul guy. So I, I won't disagree with that because that argument is good. But you take Tom Schreiber away from this team. Do you like, I think with Tom Schreiber, we saw year one of the PLL, I feel like the Archers were the team to beat the championship team that everyone thought they were going to be. And I think if you take Tom Schreiber away from this team, they just aren't championship contenders. I think you take Grant Ament also, but I think you, 
I'd say Grant Ament. Grant, you need Grant Ament and Tom Schreiber, definitely, to be championship contenders. Yeah, I, I just think it's like the whole like, like if you have like two guys, you don't have like a guy, but like, but in a good way. Like usually, like when you when you say that kind of thing, it means like, you know, like you have like some guys where it's like, yeah, like you know, you've you've got a couple who are like right there, but like neither of them are like legitimate. Like I, I just think that there are so many like superstars on this team, and like that's kind of like what we talk about like with the Atlas, where like like they have guys, but like. Like they have, they have star. Like the Atlas have stars, but like, do they have like a legitimate like superstar threat? Not yet. Like they're still like developing that. Like I, I think that the Archers just have so many superstars where like you could probably take one of them away and they'd still be pretty lethal. Um, one guy who who is going to end up being um, very underrated with this team just because. There are so many other studs all over the field. Um, but the one guy who uh, I'm very excited to watch more of this summer, um, Latrell Harris, just seems like like an absolute spark plug for this team. Um, gets in there, scores a goal last week. Uh, awesome sideline interview too. Um, so he he seems like like one of those guys where it's like, you know, like if, if there's ever like a moment where all of these stars on the archers, if like for some reason or another, like it's not really going their way, he seems like the kind of guy who can kind of step in there and like make a big play, whether that's like scoring a goal or not. And that just like gets everyone else fired up. So um, I think Latrell Harris probably by the end of the year will be one of the more like underrated big parts of this team. I don't disagree at all. I think Ryan McNamara was a huge pickup too because he was out. He was out there wheeling, dealing, Dukes. Yeah, no, I was going to completely agree with you about McNamara. That's what I was going to say. Hundred percent shooting. He's three for three. But Latrell Harris, I, I was looking through his Instagram because I didn't know who he was till uh, after that game, and I saw that he had some workout videos, and I, I just was surprised that the PLL guys saw he had workout videos and then uh, have him join earlier. <laughs> I mean, that is a that is, I mean, that's that's very important. If this was right? two he years ago, he'd be on the Atlas. That's right. Did he, did and he, and he, the, he and Hartzell would did have, he have a, a shirt shirt off or shirt on because that'll be a big big discrepancy. It was shirt. He, you know what it was? It was he was at the beach and he's on vacation and he's like, "There's no off days. <laughs> I work out on vacation." That makes sense. I mean, that's that's what it takes to uh, you know that kind of Instagram clout is what it takes to to make it in the league. So. Uh, I, I know that's very important to the league. So it's, but know. again, another another Canadian, so all of his followers are metric units. So I don't know if the PLL takes that uh, into true. consideration. So maybe that's that's what took him so long. But um, do you think they yeah. pay them in Canadian? In, wow. in loonies and toonies, maybe, or just a couple yeah. Molsons, couple couple post game Molsons. Um, but yeah, so I think my brain. I don't. I don't know. I I think um, you know we. We sucked off the archers a little bit there, um, but so I, oh, I think, nice. yeah. <laughs> but I think from that, I, I, I what I'm gathering is that we all think archers end up winning this game on Sunday. Yes, very much so. Should we go through top to bottom who we have? Uh, yeah, let, let, yeah. Let's let's just run it back real quick just to close things out. Um, I don't really know what who we all picked last week, so I I. I haven't really been keeping track. Um, that's not. We'll look like idiots. Yeah, that's yeah, true. it's all not. Right. I don't. I don't want. I don't want to see like the stats at the end of the season. It's we're all like <laughs> five and twenty-three. Like we don't. Make, we don't want that. I make fun of everyone on ESPN during the football season for being so bad. I don't need to get my record brought up. 
Well, Ty Sanders being the only one at uh, inside lacrosse picking Maryland or uh, picking UVA. Yeah. Yeah, that was unreal. They yeah. they all got shit for that one. Um, um, okay, so from the top, from the top for me, I got water dogs over chaos. I got cannons over whip snakes. Uh, Redwoods over Atlas. Chrome over water dogs. Archers over chaos. So I am I am throwing Rowlett uh, under the bus. Two game for for no no I got chaos over water dogs. Excuse me in the first name. So chaos cannons Redwoods. Uh, Chrome archers so i'm just i'm throwing rowlett under under the bus unfortunately i hate that for him i got uh you know, jack rowlett i really hope you're not listening to this because tune this just one out skip this one buddy water dogs over chaos whip stakes over cannons redwoods over atlas water dogs over chrome and archers over chaos all right and I'm, I'm gonna go I'm, I'm pretty sure i'm Right with you, Jay, except for the whip snakes ca- or cannon. So I'm going to go chaos over the dogs. Uh, and then going to go whip snakes over cannons, nail biter, redwoods over atlas, water dogs over chrome, archers over chaos. So we, we, we've got one win for, for Rowlett and the boys there. Um, but yeah, so that, uh, that is week two in the PLL coming up starts later tonight. You can catch three games nationally televised throughout the weekend. Uh, if you are in the Atlanta area, get yourself to Kennesaw state. You can see Jake on the sidelines rocking that media pass with his luscious hair and his luscious beard and his, uh, five inch inseam. So, um, going to be a big, big weekend for the boys. Make sure that you are checking us out on Twitter and Instagram at the crease dive. And in the meantime, we'll be keeping it low to high to the day we die. We out. Looking for M's like I lost a friend Jump out of my bed like where the bread You go hold the egg, way to bring a check When we talk, we collision cars Keep us in your thoughts, fully dressed at the crack of dawn Weapons heading off, I can hear them from the block See them creeping through the fog Season's greetings, now feeding season can start Oh my God, look alive, looking like I live life on a crooked line Doing fine, you want maximum, stupid, I am the guy First of all, fuck the fucking law We is fucking raw, stay tall tall Oysters on the half jail, sushi bar Life a bitch and the pussy feet Still fuck the wall, I'm a dog, I'm a dirty dog Ha 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 Oh dirty bastard, go in your jaw <laughs> Shimmy shimmy y'all, got the simmy in the hemi Go and gimme gimme y'all Pugilistic, my linguistics, RJ Rude a damage y'all And I rap it pornographic, be set up the camera Ooh la la, are we